Mountain Zoo. I was more interested in showing off than writing a coherent song. Oh, but he made a coherent song. What's up, everyone? This is the Demo Team Podcast. We're here with Ryan Lurkey from uh, Secret and Whisper, and we also have Tristan with us to help us out. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing pretty awesome, thanks. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing wonderfully. Yeah, doing great. Good, good. Just drinking my uh, chestnut ale over here from Whistler Brewing. It's pretty pretty tasty. That sounds pretty good, honestly. I guess you're up in uh, British Columbia, so you probably have a pretty good brewery selection, right? Yeah, we're pretty lucky that way. Like, uh, in the last, I don't know, like, five years or so, um, the whole, like, microbrewery scene in Kelowna, like, our hometown has popped off pretty hard. So we actually kind of have, like, a microbrewing district um, catching up with the rest of the world a little bit. So it's <laughs> nice. Um, never never, uh, never shortage of selection. That's awesome, man. I mean... It's always nice to mix it up from, like, your basic, like, Bud Lights and Miller Lights, right? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Actually, uh, surprisingly, I think you are our first artist from Canada we've had on here somehow. Like, I I really don't know how we haven't had anyone from Canada before, but... Oh, nice. Well, I'll take that as a badge of honor. Yeah, uh, if you see Drake, tell him to hit us up and we'll have him on. <laughs> He's on the other side of the country, but I'll still I'll still do it if it happens. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> so uh before Secret Whisper, you were in uh Stutterfly. Mm-hmm. So how did that come to be? Oh man. Um well I'll give you like the condensed version. Um Stutterfly was a band that was formed in like our hometown in Kelowna. Um it used to be called Uncle Ed's Private Jet, which is almost as bad of a name as Stutterfly. Um <laughs> some would say worse. Um but it was started by uh, Jordan and Chris and Braden and Craig, the original four members, um back in like I wanna say like nineteen ninety eight, which is fuck, that's a long time ago. Oh. Um Stutterfly is a very like late nineties, early two thousands like band. It is, it is for sure. So like they started like yeah, late nineties when they were super young. I think Jordan was like twelve or thirteen when he started. Jesus. Um and and the other guys were a little bit older um than him. He was the young guy in it. So they kind of progressed and started, you know, doing super well locally and, and regionally and all that kind of stuff and then um, after a point, they decided that Uncle Hit's Private Jet was not the name for them, and then landed on Starterfly somehow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, through one thing or another, um, they got signed um, to Maverick Records, um, and which was pretty sweet back then. That was the label that Story of the Year was on, um, like Michelle Branch, the Deftones, there was a bunch of like big artists that were on it. Um, so it was a pretty big deal for the band. And then, uh, Jason Scioli, the guitar player, he joined right before they got signed. And then probably six months after they got signed, um, they were slated to go into the studio. Um, uh, and their 
uh, management team kind of had the the come to Jesus conversation with their drummer, basically being like, "Yo, man, it's you gotta kind of shape up or ship out." And <laughs> one thing led to another, and they called me, and um, there was kind of like an audition um, process to play drums, and initially just for the record. Um, and I had known Jordan since I was like super young. Um, and then yeah, I just kind of went through it, and they decided I was the guy to play on the record, so I went and did that with them, and. Then I joined the band, and then Stutterfly did its thing from, I was, what, 2003 to probably 2007? Toured and did a bunch of, you know, played Warp Tour, did a bunch of, you know, national tours with a crap ton of different bands back in the day. So, yeah, that was that was the very short description of Stutterfly. <laughs> All right. I think that was uh, maybe like three minutes, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I skipped over a couple things but and well so, no that's a it's a great intro um yeah. i guess going from there like um i mean i know that like stutterfly had some lineup changes when you guys were dropped from maverick mm-hmm. um i mean obviously you guys wanted to still keep making music uh what was like kind of the formation behind secret and whisper so, um, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit it there. Like, as soon as we started getting dropped by everyone, because that weird, and like, the, the, there was this weird time in the industry where bands were just kind of getting screwed over by major labels because they just weren't kind of seeing the returns they initially thought. And there was this weird kind of like change in the industry. And we were one of those casualties. Um, so, yeah, we got dropped by Maverick. We got dropped by Freeze Management. Um, we got dropped by basically everyone. And leading up to that, there was, like, just a bit of friction with what direction we wanted to take the band in in general. Um, yeah. And with writing new material. And I I, I don't think um, Chris was super on board with where we wanted to take it. Um, so at one point... <laughs> I was, I remember like I was at the skate park and just ripping around and I got a text message being like, Hey, Chris quit. And I was like, okay, um, there's that. Um, so after that happened, we wanted to kind of keep writing music. So we just did, we just kept writing stuff. And, um, from there, while we were writing music, um, we've been in contact with Charles because his old band, the bleeding alarm, um, he was, they had gotten signed to, oh God, what, what label was it? Um, it was the same label that Scary Kids, Scaring Kids was on back in the day. Um, something, to do with, something to do with Sony. Um, oh. Um, it was like some like smaller piece of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up. Some label. And, um, but he was super unhappy, um, in his situation. Um, so he, at one point he just up and quit and I'm pretty sure he took a a bus ride. I think it was from like Texas or something all the way home to Kelowna here. Damn. Um, that's a super long ride. (laughs) Um, and then after that, he, uh, we just kind of started chatting and he made a demo for what is this song vanishings now. Uh, and sent it to us and we're like damn dude uh, I think you might be the guy that we want doing this um so originally Charles joined the band as Stutterfly and we played a couple shows with him as Stutterfly and then it just didn't feel right so that's kind of when we started talking about you know changing the name of the band 
because we didn't want to, you know, Starterfly for better or worse, um, had a bit of its like own legacy and fan base and stuff, and we didn't want to do the, you know, the complete change and kind of ostracize anyone who was into that band. So that's we decided to uh, start Secret Whisper. Head on. How'd you guys uh, come up with the name Secret and Whisper? Uh, it's like dumb as it juvenile as it sounds um (laughs) because of all like the uh contractual obligations we were all potentially under um it it was just this joking thing about how we're starting this band but it was this big secret Um, (laughs) so um it started off as that but then we just were like yeah actually secret whispers pretty cool name and like saw is a pretty dope acronym so um, yeah yeah let's just go with that and we didn't hate it and we felt like it was better than starterfly so I mean, <laughs> right certainly better than uncle ed's private jet so um, yeah yeah we, just, we uh, decided to roll with that one so like you form a secret whisper and like you seemed like y'all pretty much immediately like hopped in the studio right yeah so we trying to think of the timeline it was 2007 we 2006 is when stutterfly really started imploding um and over the course of the year we kind of played a couple awkward shows at stutterfly with charles decided that secret and whisper was what we wanted to do got some demos got them off to our contact at tooth and nail um and and then tooth and nail was interested and then we got in the studio like right after that so it was over the course of like i don't know nine months to a year sort of thing all right so it was it was a pretty pretty decent like it it it, in the time it felt super short but i guess i don't know it was like a year or so and like it was like mostly the same people who had already been playing before so i guess it wasn't really like it was like an easy transition yeah for sure like we uh, i mean the four of us at the time it was jordan myself jason and brayden who were from stutterfly and then i mean charles like we've all known charles for years because of the colony music scene um yeah so every, everyone knew each other and was super comfortable with each other and at that point it was more like hey is this gonna work in a musical standpoint uh, and it did so that was the nice thing about it that's right mm-hmm so, like, I don't really know much about Kelowna, I guess, but, uh, like, what is the music scene like out up, up there? I mean, the first <laughs> so, of the town Kelowna, but... Kelowna's but, funny, uh, because, um, like, I grew up in Kelowna, and when, when I was young, there was, like, 75,000 people here, and there's probably, like, 150 or, or more now. So, it's, like, it's a decent-sized city, but for whatever reason... From, like, 2000 to 2008, 2010, Kelowna had just this, like, phenomenal music boom. Um, and I don't know what it was, but even for, like, Canadian bands, like, I mean, um, Starterfly got signed to Maverick Records, which is under Warner Brothers. Um, you know, Secret Whisper got signed to Tooth & Nail, which is a pretty decent label. Yeah. Our sure. friends band, Cry the Afflicted, got signed to Solid State just before we got signed to Tooth and Nail. Um, and coincidentally, James from Cry the Afflicted is, you know, helping us with guitar now. Um, 
there's a band called Yukon Blonde that's um, originally from Kelowna that we're all buds with, and they've like had references on like how I met your mother and random stuff. Um, our buddy Matt Kelly is like the guy that plays. He's from Kelowna and he plays guitar and keys and uh, pedal steel for City and Color. Um, so there's just like this strange pocket of music that, for whatever reason, has gotten out there. Um, so to, that's the long-winded question of like we had a pretty incredible music scene for you know eight to ten years, um, like locally and even regionally. Like we're super fortunate um, to have lots of cool bands and great shows out of here, and like we would be super spoiled. <laughs> um it's not as much now um but yeah it's um it's starting to come back for sure well nice um what were i guess some of the shows that you would like typically play like locally there like did you find like pretty big um i guess like showings there like lots of turnout that's what i was looking for yeah um we I mean, we would kind of have to put on our own shows because venues in our hometown were uh, few and far between, even worse now. But like most, I mean, lots of places, especially in the U.S., is like super fortunate because even smaller towns, I find, like always had like, you know, a decent spot. Um, And Kelowna had lots of like halls and stuff that we could rent out and like bring our own sound system and do that whole thing. So that was a lot of it is we put on a ton of our own shows um we had a couple really good friends that worked for um sound companies in town that would help us out in that but that was the cool thing about it is that we had a really like tight-knit group of people um that would you know go and do their own respective tours and do whatever else and we'd still come back and do like local shows that were super fun and you know have a, a like a just kind of you know more folk rock band playing with just like a band like us and then a metal band would be on the bill too so it was like a it was like a nice mix it wasn't just like hey four post-hardcore bands and they're playing misery signals between every set like by the end of it you're just like okay like please never never play i never play one of those songs ever again (laughs) um so it was it was nice like we had a bit of an eclectic mix um but yeah we had like again we were super fortunate um that we would kind of make our own shows and our own scene. And then it was, it was great for when it happened. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd imagine like a lot of it was pretty, I guess, organic, especially like since it was MySpace days when you guys were first really starting yeah. up. Yeah. Back in so. the horse and buggy days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's Never. sick. What were, uh, what were like some of the challenges that you guys would like run into trying to, you know, get yourselves out there? What was kind of the biggest thing you ran into? Um, 100% being Canadian, um, <laughs> and, and like, honestly, just dealing with border shit and visas and all that stuff. Cause I mean, it was like doing a, a Canadian tour is like, just horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like for, for a band like us, it was it's like, okay, we can do a West coast U S tour. Um, in the same time you do like a, a Canadian tour and have like a way better time because Canada, it's like you have a couple small pockets, but then you're driving like 10 hours between shows and stuff. Yeah. It's just because there's like, there's great, like once you get there, the shows are awesome, but yeah, it's not so like, when, 
it's not like when you go into Texas and you're like, cool, we're going to drive a couple hours each day and have great shows every <laughs> night for like a yeah. week. Um, I mean, I guess it's like the length of the United States, but like you're only doing like a West Coast number of dates to do it. Yeah, like the Canada's huge. And like, I mean, in lots of times when we would start tours in Canada, especially if we started in like Ontario, like we would drive through the States because it was faster. Um, yeah. To, to get Plus there get more shows through there exactly um so that was like that was honestly the biggest challenge was just being based in canada um because we would have you know tons of our friends bands they'd be like yo i'm gonna go do this like three week run you know around california and arizona and vegas and maybe dip into texas a bit and come home and, and you're like cool like <laughs> all right well if we were going to do that we have to go get work visas and do all this kind of shit and plan it like so it was just it was just challenging that way and that was like one thing we were always working against um when we were a band for sure did you guys ever consider just moving to the united states or i mean like i'm sure it kind of came up in passing um but it was tough, too, because, like, all of our families, yeah. you know, were here, and we, like, you know, we weren't at the point where we were just playing music. Like, we still worked and stuff, and, um, you know, some of us were kind of, like, had, like, or, or getting into career-style jobs um, towards the end of Secret Risk, especially. So, um, it just made it tough that way. And, and, like, man, the process of... Yeah, oh, it is a tough process. For sure. Immigration is, is a bitch. Yeah, it's so. a mess. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I'm sure that would have helped us out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess let's get to a Great White Whale. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's your all's first album. Y'all put that together. And um, I guess I kind of like the symbolism of, like, Great White Whale. It's kind of like that Herman Melville reference, but it kind of seems very, like, very metaphorical of like being a band honestly having to like chase something having to work really hard towards something right yeah i mean um i'll I'll, like i'll do my best stand in charles impression when it comes to meanings and lyrics and stuff but um i mean that whole record was written especially for charles too in like a really transitionary uh, point of life for everyone like um, you know, all of us were kind of realizing that our major label band dreams had just been completely shit on. Um, and we were kind of, you know, retreating home with our tails between our legs and, um, deciding to start from scratch. Um, Charles was going through really hard to like, he was going through a separation with his wife at that time. Um, so a lot of like lyrical content, um, from that album reflects that, um, and just, a lot of stuff, um, you know, like XOXOXO um, is a lot basically, you know, about that, like his, you know, his uh, relationship starting to show cracks and uh, songs of like anchors really lean into that. Um, Great White Whale is, I don't know if it's necessarily like a, um, uh, like a depiction of the pursuit of trying to be in a band, but I think there might be elements of that. Um, I know lyrically Charles, um, is really into like alliteration and imagery and that kind of stuff. So his, his thing always is he wants to take you somewhere. 
and he wants you to be able to sit down and, and, you know, listen to what he's saying and then put yourself there and however you want to conceptualize that. Um, and admittedly, I was never a lyrics guy ever until I, I met Charles and started reading his lyrics, um, and being like, Hey man, these, this is actually cool. Like, I'm like really interested into like what you're saying. Um, so I think, um, yeah, Great White Whale is more so just a culmination of all the different um, thoughts and, and experiences and um, like silos of, of Charles's life at that time that he was going through. Um, all right. Yeah. It's and, interesting uh, how like art always seems to reflect that. <laughs> yes, it always seems to be like when people are going through their hardest times. Mm-hmm. And like he, I mean, he was in the same thing. Like he went from working really hard with the bleeding alarm to, you know, feeling like he had to quit and then getting home and, you know, um, spider beside her was written about a woman that he worked with at a Chinese food buffet restaurant. Um, so he like found himself going one minute. He's touring with his band on a major label to working in a Chinese food buffet restaurant. Um, so like, there's like lots of that kind of stuff that he was, he was really, really pulling from, um, for sure. But do you think like having to start over, do you think that like helped you or not necessarily helped you, but like it kind of like, like the restart was necessary perhaps or. Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was, um, like one of the, our biggest problems in Stutterfly, um, was that we were we were told so much stuff that just like never materialized like oh we're gonna get you guys on you're gonna be one of the main acts on taste of chaos and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that and like you know our management at the time um just like they were great people but i mean like they managed like my chemical romance and the used and story of the year and glass jaw and like a bunch of stuff and then and then like us (laughs) so we we slipped through the cracks a lot um, and I think the secret and whisper was the band that we were like, do you know what? We're not going to sit and like, just wait for all this like imaginary shit to happen to us. Like we're, we, we've kind of learned our lesson and we're going to go out and just try to do everything that we can to make this happen ourselves. So we're not going to wait for stuff to just fall in our lap. Um, so we did have a bit of a chip on our shoulder. Um, I think we are just a little more like, um, seasoned <laughs> from our, ex- our respective experiences and just kind of wanted to, you know, write the music that we wanted to and just get back to it. Do you think having like all that experience, I guess, just kind of getting screwed by your previous label, like how did that help with negotiating, like with your new label or, you know, change your mindset when it came to getting back together? Like what's your guys' Uh, perspective on like labels now um i think like back then um we just wanted someone who was gonna work with us and was gonna keep us in the loop like we felt like with maverick especially for me because i was joining the band um after the band had gotten signed um i really felt along for the ride and the other guys too were like we're putting a lot of trust in other people making decisions for us and with Seeger and Whisper, it was more like, we want to know what's going on. Like, what's your marketing plan for this album? Like, what 
how are you guys going to push this? Are you guys going to try to get us on a tour? Like we want our, our hands with the artwork, like all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was, it was definitely more of just having better insight into what was going on and that, and just like not having as much of a ridiculous budget that we had to pay off, like understanding how all that kind of stuff works and learning lots of lessons that way. Yeah, hey, uh, give me one second. Uh, Kyle, I think, just got on the call. Can you hear us, Kyle, or can you talk for us real quick? Oh, I, I've I've been. I just don't know why my my mic on my computer was. I think I fit. Yeah, I think we, I think we got it figured. You put it, you got on your phone. I think it works now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, sorry, uh, sorry about that, guys. I'm like, I'm like thinking, like I'm talking. I'm like, are they ignoring me? who's this guy sitting here just not saying anything this is kind of weird you know what i guess enjoy the podcast (laughs) should i should i put my video on too am i the one weird guy that's just talking well i'm not on video either and i'm okay cool we don't usually don't use video because it kind of slows down feeds and you'll have problems like okay uh, i'll leave it off then okay be mute but <laughs> I feel that should do does should everyone be off video or am I just gonna be uh, like I mean Tristan what? Tristan's all handsome over there. So. I, yeah. I turned mine on that way it didn't feel like you're just talking to yourself in your room. So that <laughs> 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 Yeah, so sorry about that. I I don't know why it wasn't working. I thought I got it all right. I'm still figuring out Skype. I've been using Zoom this whole kind of pandemic thing and now i'm like relearning skype which i haven't used since i think i was like almost in high school isn't yeah. it funny how skype just completely fucked up that opportunity dude like they I, were they were I, the guys and then all of a sudden zoom comes out of nowhere and it's like yeah really, i was like it, did did skype redo itself as zoom i was very confused because i'm like guy i'll just... drop the ball on my <laughs> that's not the first time though yeah <laughs> uh yeah Sorry, sorry about the interruption. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I mean, I'm glad we finally got you on. I don't know. Why is there some random guy on here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this, this guy just is he's Zoom bombing us, right? Or yeah. Yeah. Zoom bombing exactly. <laughs> just got the link somehow. Like, hey, man. What's like, up? I, just, I'm, I'm a really, I really want to sit on this. I wanted, I wanted the scoop. That's, that's, that, that's half true, actually. Yeah. Well, appreciate you being here. Well, uh, I have questions too, but uh, I'm awesome. gonna let you start us off. We're restart. I'm not. I mean, we're still recording, so we got all of that we just said. But yeah, uh, make sure you put all of that in that too. I mean, maybe I'll do the version of it. I was gonna ask. I don't know if you guys, like edit these or not, but yeah. Oh yeah, get them. Uh, we're not live. Some of it. <laughs> Thank God he's not live. Yeah, <laughs> this this version's gonna go on your guys' Patreon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the extended, the director's cut extended version. Director's cut, yeah. Well, Kyle, okay, so, uh, all right. Start us off with a new question since you just got in. I was actually gonna ask if Charles was your first choice, or if you guys had any other prospects in mind before um, replacing uh, original Sutterfly, Sutterfly vocalist. Ooh, that's a that's a spicy question. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Um, there was honestly, I think there was there was discussion of Jordan just being the singer. I remember. Ah, uh, um, wow. And which is funny that you know Shrey Kruger happened after, and that kind of just sort of happened anyway. Um, right. That but 
Yeah, um, but no, it was honestly, it was Charles, and there was another guy, one of our good buddies named Alex Nome, um, who wrote some um, wrote some stuff for what is known as Vanishings now. That was kind of our tryout song, um, and what he wrote was super cool, but it was just, like, I don't even know how to, like, to describe it. It was a little too glass jawy for our um, for what we were going for. Like I love glass jaw. Don't get me wrong. Like Worship and Tribute is like one of my all time favorites. Um, I can't, that album turned twenty this year. Yeah. Oh man, I feel so <laughs> old every time I hear those stats. Um, <laughs> I remember it coming out and buying it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, um, but uh, yeah. So like he, what he did was just incredible, and we were all like, "This is awesome." Um, and then when Charles sent in his like shitty cassette um, with his vanishing stuff, um, which was like fairly unfinished, but it was like the chorus and then the end with like the really high note, um, like <laughs> recorded on like a cassette mic, um, just like this, like wow. this horrible setup. Um, and I think we're going to try to dig it up some point and like post it somewhere. Oh my god! Um, it's it sounded like it sounded great, um, but it was just like the quality was like not the best. Um, but when we heard that, we're like, man, he's he's our guy. Like like we all knew him and loved him, and and you had played shows with his bands. I'm pretty sure like he was you know hit Jordan's best man at his wedding. He got married when he was really young, and so the connection was there. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was a small pool, but yeah, you're. There, there was not just Charles at the beginning. There were some other considerations. Nice. That actually answers even one of my other questions. Was uh, one of like what were the kind of first few Secret and Whisper songs? And it's it, it's cool to know that Vanishings was actually one of them. Yeah, I mean, technically the first Secret and Whisper song was actually Attacker, um, and we used to uh-huh. play it in Stutterfly. Um, when we were still Stutterfly and Chris was still in the band and it was called something hands. I can't remember. Um, and it had a completely different melody and whatever else. Um, and it was like, okay. Um, I think if you actually looked on YouTube, you might be able to find a video of it somewhere from some dusty ass show in Canada, but, <laughs> um, I'm going to be trying to find that for sure. <laughs> If I if I can track it down, I'll, I'll send it to you guys on Instagram. Um, Perfect. But, Black but yeah, that was technically the first uh, Secret Whisper song. That's awesome. That was actually always something I was curious about. If uh, if there was any crossover of like songs that you carried that you may have started writing in, in Stutterfly, but then ended up um, finishing as Secret and Whisper. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's funny that you say that because I feel like that was kind of like the beginning of the end of of Stutterfly because mm. if you if you're familiar with you know the with Stutterfly album, um, and then you start hearing a song like Attacker musically, um, there's it's definitely a departure, and I think that was one of the things that was sealing the fate of Stutterfly is how much of a, a departure it really was. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I enjoy, I love everything that Starfly did, but I, I really love the progression into Secret and Whisper. I think, like, the faster uh, riffs and, like, kind of, it, it was always just a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. 
Butterfly was always kind of this more moody, melancholic, um, almost groovier. Like it was like, I mean, there was of course aggression, but it was kind of a yeah. different kind of aggression. Even well, like, even like the old stuff was almost even like kind of new metally. In, in oh, a, oh, it was. <laughs> it was yeah. like pre pre my time. Like when I used to go watch Butterfly shows. Because fun fact, the 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 way that Jordan and I met, I was 14 and we played in a pop punk band together called Rice Rocket. Um, That's such and, a great name. Yeah, That's not the most politically correct these days, but, but when, but back <laughs> in 1999, oh, it, was, totally. it still was okay. That um, of its time for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was very relevant. To Fast and Furious movies were about to come out. It was like, yeah, oh, oh, dude. oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a time, but, um, <laughs> so back in that era, um, we used to play shows like in our pop punk band, and um, that's when Stutterfly was kind of really starting to pop off, and they were like straight up new metal, like like new metal, new metal, like worshipped at the altar of Deftones, um, <laughs> which I love the Deftones, so that's no no diss at all. Um, but it was it wasn't until one fateful day when they played a show with the U's down in Hollywood then they came back and everything was changed from then on <laughs> right. on in so Emo um, yeah exactly the, the the swoops came out and the new metal died a bit but the U's um, will you for sure yeah yeah exactly um, but yeah new, you're not wrong new metal was a big part of it and, and we still yeah. all love it but um, it was definitely a transition I guess Back to Great White Well, I mean, what was kind of like the writing process on that? Were you, who was like starting off like on the songs? Was it like the guitarist or was it um, Charles or was it you or? So, um, Secret Whisper writing usually, like I would say 90% of the time was spearheaded by Jordan. Um, Jordan's right. actually a great guitar player. Oh, he is for sure. <laughs> like, um, and he was the guy that would bring his like demos and like kind of basic structure together. Um, he'd bring it to a practice and be like, "Hey guys, I wrote this, whatever." Um, and then um, we would just start jamming it, and then Jay would put his magical hands all over it um, and kind of do his Jason Cioli guitar thing. Um, and then you know, my thing was always like working with structure and I was always the guy that did all the loops and synth and all the extra sauce on it. Um, nice. And then Charles and Jordan would work together with melodies a lot. So there'd be some things, um, that Charles would write specifically, but Jordan again had a, as the guy that was kind of bringing the initial skeleton, he always had melodies flowing around in his head. So he had a huge part in, in directing that as well. Um, but yeah, it'd usually just be a demo that Jordan would bring. We would jam it out a bunch. We'd go back and re-record it, see how it flowed, how it sounded. Um, like we, our biggest thing was we would just play the songs a lot. Um, like I remember the actress like literally took us three months to write um, because it just wasn't right. And then we switched the bridge and the chorus, mm. and then it was like, well, this is the way it should be. Um, so if you can imagine the actress with the bridge and the chorus reversed, then that's what we were stuck on for a long time. Interesting. Yeah, smart so move. That and switch that and send it to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, um, yeah, it was just a lot of playing together and, and sending stuff around. And 
um, everyone kind of, you know, um, you know, voicing their opinions on stuff. But I mean, at that point, we've been playing together a lot. Um, so musically, writing went pretty, pretty quickly. I'm kind of sad that Jason and Jordan couldn't join us because I would love to talk guitar with them because they, they, that, those albums like imp- impressed the fuck out of me, honestly, the guitar playing on them. Oh, Jason is, a, so Jason and I, um, and like we have this weird, just like incestual band pool of people in Kelowna that all play each other's bands, but me and Jay also have, uh, like a, like a new school punk band called In the Arena. Um, and it's me and him, and then there's this band called Cry the Afflicted I had mentioned earlier that was on Solid State. It's three guys from that band, and then me and Jay have this, like, punk band um, that if you like guitar shit, you would probably really, really be into um, All right. what, what, what's on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, we'll just have to try to book another time. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I'm sure they I'm... would love to. And I'll even try to see – I'll keep harassing Jay to get him to kind of join in um because i'm sure he could jump in at some point but all right i mean i, I mean i know ryan or our ryan would be super down to come on uh, i'm sure we'll, we'll we'll schedule something else for some other time yeah but, for sure jordan jordan's got a very young child at home so his schedule is uh basically bricked out at this point <laughs> <laughs> but i expect to you is there like any song off that album that you're especially proud of or anything that's like you think doesn't get enough uh, attention on it or um i don't know it's hard to say like some of my favorite parts of that record are um personally are songs like blonde monster the first song um and werewolves because like werewolves for example was just like I remember we were sitting in the studio and Charles just played it for me on his acoustic guitar. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, so I just sat on the piano and just figured out what his chording was. And that was the start of it. Um, and then we just like, we're all big Bjork fans. Um, so I don't know if you can tell from how we our sound choices. Um, but, um, I was like, man, like at that point, um, there's this album called Homogenic that she has. And I was like listening to that a ton at that point. And I was like, man, I want to write just like a weird electronic song. So Werewolves was kind of like that point where I got to just nerd out um, and do a bunch of weird electronic stuff. And it kind of worked out. Um, And the same thing with Blonde Monster, too. Like we wanted to have like an album opener that wasn't the typical like like cheesy quote with like machine guns and like <laughs> like a guitar fade in and then like a like a bass boom you know what i mean like like at that time that was just like that was the time of like you know new metal or not new metal like uh, uh like azalee dying style bands and all that yeah. kind of stuff you know what i mean like that that like album opener um so we just wanted to have a complete departure from that and like I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever heard a band called Mew before, like M-E-W. Like, that is, like, we would like all... Po- what's that, sorry? Like the Pokemon? Yes. Um, <laughs> that is the band that we all just um, agree on and love so much. Um, so we were that. really pulling hard from um, from that band with just kind of the sound of that. But those two were always have, like, a special part for me. And, like, songs like The Actress will always be like one of my favorites for sure. 
I was always curious how you guys made those sounds for that album opener because yeah, it is very unique and it yeah. it's it, it's very different. And I'm always like it it draws such such a picture when I hear it. Mm-hmm. I can't even describe what it paints, but I'm like <laughs> it is such an obscure sound to hear in the beginning, but I've always loved it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Like the whole, honestly, all of the noises that you hear on that record, aside from like any sort of synth drum thing or whatever, like this is like pre like, you know, Reaper Superior drum days. Like I literally played them all on a a Korg Triton LE keyboard. So like all the drum loops were like me playing with my fingers and (laughs) like adding effects and shit and then we would go and like quantize it after so it was perfectly to the grid but um yeah it was all just like songs or uh sorry sounds that we we found with that keyboard that we would just mess with and it's kind of this running joke but uh the korg has been used on like that like majority of the sounds on teenage fantasy came from that keyboard like we have this joke that we just try to sneak it in on any record that we ever do, especially because now that Jordan's like Jordan's like a, like a producer engineer, he's got his own studio and he does like a ton of bands, and like we always just find some way to sneak the, the Triton in on something. Like uh, Jordan and I and our friend Colton, who is um, Jordan's kind of like studio assistant, uh, we have this project called the Water Temple. Um, and we have like a full EP that's written and <laughs> we just need to like put it out. Um, but same thing we used with the, the Korg Triton LE came back out of retirement and just made a bunch of weird shit on that too. So that's awesome. <laughs> Do you think yeah. it's what brought the band back together? Oh, a hundred percent. Just thank, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Korg Triton LE. You were the reason that <laughs> no, it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's one of those like, things that is just always going to be a part of our band that's kind of funny but at the same time it's like it never lets you down it's like that good friend you can always call it's the uh what seventh band member or six yeah 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 exactly it's like exactly the the, the triton is the sixth band member of secret whisper for sure love that <laughs> i was actually going to ask uh I mean, unless we want to get into it later, but I was going to say, what what sparked the resurgence for Secret and Whisper? Mm. It's honestly, it's it's funny because um, we've been talking about, we've been trying to do this for literally years. Like, I'm not even kidding you. I hope like, so. <laughs> so, like, like when we would like post stuff on social media, it was like, okay, we're gonna do this, and then just shit would happen. Like, because we're all like we're not old, but we're older. We're all in our mid thirties. Like, I have kids. Jay's got two kids. Charles has three kids. George just has a second. Um, so like we all just like full into adulting. And as much as we we love music, and we're still very involved with it. Because there's so much, um, like, history to this band, I guess, if you want to say that, um, and um, we all love it so much, we just never wanted to do it and just eat shit out of the gate. So mm. when we wanted to make sure that when we started doing stuff, it felt right, and 
and it was challenging because like Jason, our guitar player, um, he lived in a town like 10 hours from us for years, like probably a good 10 years. Um, so that was always like a geographical challenge. Um, and then, and then within the last two years, he bought a house here and, and him and his family have moved back. So, um, it was just kind of like the stars aligned. Um, and it finally got to the point that all of our schedules were like, I mean, aside from Jordan, Jordan's the one outlier, um, because he just had a second kid. So it's like, damn it, Jordan. Um, but, um, I, he, he's good. He can play all this stuff in his sleep. So like, we're not as, not as worried about that, but, um, it's, uh, it just finally worked out. Um, that you know we could start getting some practices in and like Charles has been I would say of all of us probably the least busy with music stuff just because of life and raising a family and he's got another project called Skateboard Dinosaur which we all basically play on anyway um and um that's kind of been his like wading back into the waters for you know a, a shitty analogy um <laughs> And so now that he's been doing that, um, it's kind of helped him get back into, you know, the singing, singing motions. Um, Building back the vocal cords. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, that, like, it's just like anything. It's really, it takes forever to get it, but it goes away very quickly. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely can relate. Yeah, I mean, and I've been doing... God, I haven't stopped. Like after Secret Whisper was done, we did Shreddy Krueger. Then after Shreddy Krueger was done, you know, I did the Spirit Box thing for two years. And then after I, which is th- awesome. Yeah, um, and props. Yeah, it, and I'm and I'm stoked that they're they're blowing up as I expect they would be because they were things were starting to really pop off when I left, which is the reason why I had just to. super talented, anyways. And- yeah, and they're and they're incredible, and they're going to be the hugest band forever. And I'm really I'm happy for them. Um, you're yeah, part and of that, bro. What's that, sorry? You're part of that legacy. Yeah, yeah. If I you'll I, be I, on the I Wikipedia did. page. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Eh? Um, but yeah, I've been super busy the whole time, but Charles has not been. Um, and so our our biggest thing was like, do you know what? We just want to get back in the room and start playing like no plans, no, you know, no crazy agenda. Like we just want to like get back to playing these songs that we all like love. Um, and in some cases feel like we didn't, you know, put the time into playing them after we wrote them. Um, so yeah, like it, it just, that was kind of the thing that sparked it off is just the, finally our our schedules just lined up and we can make it happen love that very cool yeah yeah that's super sick i mean i don't how does it feel to i mean kind of be reuniting like with you know with this project obviously you guys have played together on a lot of other things but like Mm -hmm. you know what what's the i guess emotions behind you know bringing this one back Man, it is, oh, it's just so good. Like, there's, it's like, uh, what's the, what is the most, like, best way? It's like, if you've had a pet for so long, and your pet passes away, and then for whatever miraculous reason, your pet's back again. Like, <laughs> that is, like, the, the best way that I can describe it. Like, I'm a dog lover, and it's it's just, like... 
It's like getting like it's like getting rekindled with an old friend you haven't talked to in years. Um, everything is the same, um, and it's just just like it just brings back a lot of really good memories. Um, especially for something that like you know we went through so much shit in that band, like good and bad, and um, and you know towards the end. There was a lot of frustrations and, you know, it didn't end on the best note and, and it just felt like there was a lot of just like unfinished business with, you know, with Teenage Fantasy and and all of that. And so it's it's nice to feel like that we can, you know, revisit this stuff and, and get back into it and and just like spend time together, too. Like, that's just the best part of it. Like, just hanging out on a regular basis with, with everyone is awesome. Hell yeah. Are you? Are you guys all kind of in like the same area then? Like I know that you said that uh you know Jason moved I guess kind of back across the country, but are you all still in um Kelowna? That's how you pronounce yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, everyone's in Kelowna. So we're all within like 20 minutes of each other now, which rules. Perfect. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's awesome. And then our friend James, who's who's playing guitar um for us now and helping us out, is um he lives in like the same like proximity too. Um. And him and him and Jay have been playing music together since they were in high school. So it's just like, yeah, it's just like this awesome thing that we're all old with families, but we get to get together, you know, a couple times a week and play songs that, you know, we toured when we were in our 20s. So just ultra nostalgic. You guys are feeling like kids again. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Go on. Oh, I was just saying, like, I mean, you guys probably feel like kids again playing them all. Uh, yeah yeah there's some things where like holy shit these songs are way harder at 35 <laughs> than at 21 but but um but there's just like it's just like kind of getting your your legs back and you know getting comfortable and um yeah it's nice seeing that you know things are progressing the way we like them and um but yeah it's just it's just fun like it's fun like like, like, obviously, we kind of, you know, dick around with, like, writing little stuff here and there. But, I mean, right now, it's just fun to go back and, like, yeah, let's play Spider Beside for the fourth time in a row. Like, this is great. <laughs> like, <it's> cool. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just a good time. Are you able to kind of get into, like, what happened at the end? Because, like, Teenage Fantasy, I felt like, was such an incredible follow-up. Like, not many yeah. bands can follow up their because you're, I mean, the first record was incredible, but the second record, man, I was jamming that today. And I, I bought it like when it came the the day it came out. Mm-hmm. God, twelve years ago, I can't believe 2010 was long ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I was just blown away. Warrior as a single, like that's that's I to me, that's like one of your all time like best songs. And anyone I showed that song to were absolutely blown away by that song. So. It, mm-hmm elite like it was i was so heartbroken that after that album you guys were done i was like what this is like after the third one so are you able to kind of talk about what happened there yeah for sure uh well first off thank you i really appreciate that because it's um you know we still we still love that record and um i've been I, i've been actually listening to both of them a little bit recently to make sure that you know, the, the songs are at the top of my mind and we go to rehearsal and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that, that was, it was a very disappointing thing. Like teenage fantasy was a really bittersweet record because 
um, we were very optimistic going when we started writing it. Um, and, but we also started recording it at a point after, you know, two years of just hustling our asses and not really getting the support we would have hoped to from, um, you know, our label and, and that kind of stuff. And like, you know, we were doing really well on the sales front for records and pushing stuff. And we like, we got on some good tours and that, but, um, we just weren't getting the push that we, you know, needed as a, a band to kind of get to that, that next sort of level. Such a bigger push. Yeah, and like, like we did, like we saw other bands in our label getting a huge push, and when we knew that we were outselling them, you know, five times over, so we just didn't really understand it. Um, and so we started getting a little disenfranchised, and that was a part of our being a naive younger band still um and it really started to kind of weigh on everyone and for me i was honestly the first one to kind of you know throw the towel in um because it was after we played um loud park um in japan which was like this massive festival it was like thirty thousand people and it was it was like our our day was like slipknot avenge sevenfold uh, Dragon Force, Mushuga, uh, Sonata Arctica, um, Secret and Whisper. Yeah, said, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it was like this, like this really random. I don't even know. I think the only reason we got on is because um, we got signed. There was a Japanese EMI Japan um, signed us and released our 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 record. Um, so they were like, "Hey, do you guys want to play this?" We're like, "Yeah." Uh, and they're like, we can only pay you the small amount. We're like, we don't care. We just want to play the show. Like, this is incredible. Um, so we did that show and it was amazing. And like, and then I remember getting home and being like, man, like our labels for lack of better words, kind of shitting the bed on us. That's how we felt at least. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to have a better show than this. I had gotten a really good career opportunity. Um, and at that point, you know, I had been touring with bands since I graduated high school. You know, it was like six, God, six years into it. And I got to the point, I was like, guys, I need to make a move. Like, we're not getting anywhere. And it didn't feel like we were getting anywhere. Um, so I was the first one to go. Um, and that was right as we were recording Teenage Fantasy. Um, so after that, I think it started to just like, the cracks were starting to show a little bit with everyone else too, because everyone else is pretty disenfranchised. Like we, everyone was kind of frustrated with, we were working so hard and not getting anything out of it. The, you know, the reality of us being a Canadian band that primarily toured us markets and everywhere else. Um, and all the stresses that came with that. Um, and then, yeah, so we put out teenage fantasy and we were just like, man, that like, we're really proud of this record. Like, the writing process, we banged it out like pretty fast. Um, fast, I would say faster than te- or than uh, Great White Whale for sure. Um, we went and worked with Jeff Schneeweiss, who was uh, the singer for Number One Gun, and he did a bunch of like really cool records for bands. He did like Anne Berlin, he did a bunch of other stuff. Oh, dude, he's he's um, fantastic. And Number One Gun is also a great oh, dude. He's still heavily, he's such a nerd. Jeff is just such a nerd in real life, but um, he's he's oh, a great guy. Like I still talk to him. Like he's doing amazing things. Like he just got nominated for a Grammy, 
um, for another project oh, wow. he's doing. Like he's he's kind of transitioned more into like um, gospel pop, a little bit of like um, like I don't know R and B, like that side of it, which is like totally in his wheelhouse, and he's still just killing it. Um, I'll usually just like randomly shit talk him through Instagram and we'll go back and forth a little bit, but I'm just so stoked that he's just killing it still. Cause he's such a talented dude. But um, yeah, we did teenage fantasy with him in like 90% of it was really awesome. There's a 10% of it, some things that we didn't, um, we weren't too stoked on how it turned out, but whatever the record was, we're super happy with it. And then after that, everyone just kind of started dropping off. Like, they did that one tour with um, Emery and Maylene, The Sons of Disaster, and Closure in Moscow that I wasn't on because I was, like, full-on career guy at that point. And then I think after that, it was just, um, you know, we did a couple one-off shows um, and played some, a couple Teenage Fantasy songs. And then, yeah, it started to get weird with just, like, trying to get people to practice and 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 then we just made the decision to be like you know what before we start wanting to kill each other we need to like call this and just you know like everyone is clearly not in a a place where we want to keep this rolling um we feel like that you know our label doesn't want to do much with us like we didn't do a video for anything on teenage fantasy there was no i remember that push for it like so at that point we were just kind of like yeah let's uh let's call it there which was super disappointing but that's kind of a mature move too it seems like because who knows what would have happened like if you can get back together today if you didn't call it then right yeah and i think that kind of definitely saved it um i mean there were there was certainly some tension with some of us um after the fact because of just how everyone is feeling and, like, some things that kind of, like, led up to that, um, which is all good now. But um, at the time, it was just, yeah, we were just trying to navigate the things the best we could. And everyone was just tired and pissed off and, you know, disappointed. And, you know, and I'm sure that's, that's the thing that a lot of bands have gone through. But um, oh, yeah. it just was it just was the time to kind of bow out for, for then understandably so even though it's heartbreaking but uh, <laughs> it's better than yeah it's better than you know i guess Resenting each other and yeah exactly yeah. So. heard that story a couple times on this podcast before so yeah i mean yeah. and i understand how it happens it's super easy i mean like a band is like being married so if you guys aren't all on the same page and you know people aren't communicating and um, you know, people's feelings are hurt and it's not getting sorted out. Like you can really screw things up long term. Um, and it just was, yeah, just the best thing to kind of go our separate ways and you know, just reevaluate what everyone wanted to do and how, the, what kind of relationship they wanted to have with music after doing the grind for that long. Would uh, are, so would you guys now? Are you just? trying to play shows or are you going to just work on material and not focus on shows or what are you guys going to be kind of focusing on now that you're kind of uh jamming together again um i think right now our biggest thing is just like 
getting reacquainted with all the songs again and like and like really you know with teenage fantasy like we didn't spend that much time playing the songs outside of writing them so like with great white whale songs like god we played those things just frontwards backwards part by part like Mm -hmm. our, our thing was just that like um we wanted our album to be good but we wanted the live show to be even better um and i feel like music these days is kind of the opposite um a lot of bands have like amazing records and then you see them live and you're like oh okay well uh what's going on here (laughs) yep oh yeah 100 percent yeah it's just because everything like it's it's like this like um pendulum of like um everything is so accessible for quality with recording now like what you can do with a home studio these days is just phenomenal um so you can make any band that is complete dog shit sound incredible um so now there's like uh you see bands that like have incredible records and they get on the road and they are just it's just not what you expect yeah um, it, and it we at best yeah and like we we i feel like we kind of grew up in an era that um you had you had to be a good live band otherwise everyone's like these dudes suck ass like i'm out of here um yeah. So your record was just your starting point, and your live show was where you got your your uh, fan base. Um, and so like, I wouldn't sell your music short though either. At the same time, like you, I think you guys did fine in both regards. So. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And like, um, um, I think oh Jason just messaged me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that we did. Um, Um, I think we did a good job of trying to make sure that our records sounded good and everything was played well. And we were like pretty sticky about like not doing a bunch of, you know, studio shit um, because we want it to be authentic live. Um, So like that's the thing when we're going back and playing these songs, um, we kind of have that basis there because we, you know, we wrote them and and played the crap out of them. But um, yeah, it's just... um, I don't know. Like we, we just want to, to go back to your question about what we want to do. Um, we just want to play the songs as much as we can. We want to get teenage fantasy songs to the point of, you know, like it's like riding a horse backwards. Like it's, it's not a, not a problem just to go through it. And, um, and then from there, our, um, our viewpoint is just like, whatever is going to happen, then we're going to assess it one thing at a time. Nice. Um, like the the nice thing is is that if we decide if we organically start writing some songs i mean jordan's got a studio um so we'll record them (laughs) um and we'll put them out and if we get offered some shows and they make sense and it's something we feel like we want to do then like we'll go play them um but like uh, like we never came into this of like okay we have this huge plan like we're gonna come back and like do a social media post and like whatever else we are like hey um we've been practicing a little more like maybe let's just let people know that we're kind of practicing 
It was like an off-the-cuff conversation one morning. <laughs> How's the response been? Have, have you guys been like, wow, people give a shit? This is, this is cool. Yeah, um, that part's been super encouraging for sure. Um, because you just never know. Like, we we love it so much, selfishly. Um, and, and I feel like any time that, you know, we've, we've seen... Uh, you know, we've posted something or we like kind of uh, catch wind of people talking about stuff like it's really humbling and encouraging. But it's been really cool just like seeing, you know, people or messaging and just kind of like hearing about people's different experiences with our music, um, which is like re- just a really cool feeling to see that because we're like we're we're old enough that like. We totally get the like, man, you guys were like my so and so junior year, like this happened and <laughs> dude, like that was my first tattoo or like like whatever else. So like like that kind of stuff is awesome. And there's lots of people that like, you know, me and the rest of the guys remember me and like, holy shit, like I remember that guy from Denver and and like whatever else, right? Um so that part of it's really cool. That's awesome. I love that's been kind of this like reconnection with like even like you said some fans that you remember. Yeah, and like and for us too, like our thing back in the day was like we always just kind of laugh when we'd go on tour with bands or see bands that like had like paid meet and greets and stuff. Um, and we were just like, that's like if that's your thing, like whatever. But like we just wanted to like hang out with people and like connect with people. Um, and like like yeah let's go out and grab food with people after like we got a shitty drive after so might as well not be hungry and like hell you yeah. know ha- hang out with people at the merch table and like god so many good memories at whataburger um <laughs> and like just like stuff like that so like those are like the nice feelings that we get back from this of like hearing like hey do you guys remember like you know this show and like meeting you guys and they'd send a picture and they'd be like holy shit i totally remember that person like even though it was you know 14 years ago but um that that's definitely been like a really fun byproduct of this whole thing kind of come back again no absolutely i mean i i've alone i've so i've been sharing um your guys's return on on my pages and i've even gotten responses like holy shit i remember that band like (laughs) Like just my just me resharing your post alone uh, opened up memories for a bunch of people and like your your music is still very much beloved um, and it's been it's been fun even for me just connecting with my own kind of following and community over mm-hmm. guys's band and music so yeah yeah and I mean that's like that's like the best gift that we can kind of ever get like just knowing that. At the end of the day, if, if, you know, we've been able to, like, make people feel the way that we feel about bands that we love, um, I mean, that's all we've, like, ever really wanted out of this, is just that we can kind of have that connection with people and, um, you know, like, coming back into something after so long and whatever degree that, you know, this all works out is, like, it's a bit of a, I want to say it's a risk, because at the end of the day, we're going to do it regardless, but... Um, you know, it's, uh, you just never know, like you said, and it's just been really, really encouraging to, to see how it's gone so far. Love that. Yeah. Step by step, day by day. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, continuing on with the, you know, people getting hyped up again. I mean, yeah, my cousin, he showed me, like, he introduced me to you guys, like, you know, a little over 10 years ago or something. When I told him, like, yo, I'm going to be interviewing Secret and Whisper. He's like, wait, what? Like, they're back together? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, you know, they, they just started posting again. So it's like, you know, just a continuation of that. Just a lot of people, like, feeling really hyped or nostalgic for, you know, just kind of this, like, renaissance of, like awesome you know kind of post-hardcore bands coming back or um i don't know it really seems to be this kind of great reawakening of of a lot of classic bands coming back so lots of people are stoked yeah it's 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 like it's funny because we we totally did not plan it out like that even though it may seem like that like it's honestly just we've been trying to do this for so long like we have demos of new songs that are literally literally written in 2017 um <laughs> because we're like all right guys like there's probably pictures floating around somewhere of like jordan's old old studio space like of us just like putting songs together because we're like all right let's kick the rust off and then it'd be like nope nothing happens 2019 like all right let's let's blow the dust off and whatever you know cliche saying <laughs> and then yeah it just it just it's just tough when you get older and we've had all the best intentions to do stuff, but it's just coincidentally has worked out with this kind of, you know, like you said, renaissance of, of bands from our era. And I like, I feel super fortunate. Um, and we talk about this quite regularly of just like, even though we had so many things working against us, um, we were so fortunate to, grow up and and um, be part of a music scene during that time because um i feel like there was so much cool stuff that happened then um that that you just like you don't see as much anymore um and you're starting to see it come back a little bit but um it was it was definitely a really special time um for music in general i absolutely agree yeah, 100%. I, think all, I think all of us can agree that oh that yeah it's such, <laughs> such an era and that's it will we'll never get it back completely because you know just so much has changed the industry has changed social media mm-hmm. has changed uh but that i think that's why it makes it special when these bands from that era decide to or put out a new song or even just play not even do a tour just just play one show or one festival just an anniversary thing and it's just mm-hmm. a special time because it was from that era and that era was just so amazing for sure and i just think that like the fact that us like musical geezers in the scene can like start leveraging (laughs) like so much cool like connective technology which makes me sound old saying that but i'm not that old i'm like 36 but um just like like us being like hey let's jump on a skype call and like yo other people are jumping in cool you know um like like that kind of stuff is just is awesome and like all the stuff that bands are doing with like um you know patreon and even tiktok and like and um social media and and like all that and just like i think when it's used appropriately like there's just so many cool uh connections that you can have with people that love music whether it's your band or other bands um and it's just cool coming back from you know the the stone age of of music marketing 
um, MySpace. into like yeah MySpace and in MySpace is like was awesome like the days of MySpace in pure volume and all that kind of stuff but um, but even like like YouTube was in its infancy back then um, you know uh, Facebook was still just a weird blue page with people on it like. Um, it still is, man. It still is. Yeah, it's even, even more. more so. <laughs> it's more of a dumpster fire now. But at least, like, it's still a means to an end um, for for connecting people. And like we talk about it, it jams. Like we we started a TikTok because we we're like, oh, why the hell not? Like, I don't know how to use this really, <laughs> but let's start one and and see if we can find something to do with it. Um, and like maybe we'll start doing Instagram lives for rehearsals just because, again, like why the hell not? Someone wants to that tune be, in and watch us. <laughs> yeah, you watch us just shit the bed through XOXO, <laughs> then cool. Um, but like, this is the kind of stuff that we never had. Like, and if and, and it's mm-hmm. another like thing that we talk about too is like, man, can you imagine what things would have been like uh, when we just were banging our heads against the wall trying to get out there if we had these tools? Um, because lots of bands, like their biggest blocker was connecting with people um so now that that that's gone it's just a super exciting thing to start exploring it is definitely the biggest difference i'd say between then and now i mean myspace was for sure such a huge thing and it, it was a game changer compared to you know the scene from the early 2000s or the 90s anything mm-hmm. But yeah, now it's yeah now it's it's all about kind of that connection that, and uh, it can be really fun, but it could also man being <laughs> itself, it's also a little nerve wracking, stressful. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like I remember, um, not secret and whisper related, but I remember like when I first started playing with with Spirit Box, like I remember the first time that we played like the entire set on a on an instagram or facebook live um and that was like the band had never played a show yet so it was like essentially the first show that was ever played was on facebook live was like running the set and it's just such a it's such a weird thought to think that like that's just kind of how things were that was the first first quote-unquote show (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's crazy yeah um and yeah, so it's it's just crazy thinking that you know that that is the that is the you know ten like literally ten years later um, that is the dynamic that you have um, with bands versus bands from the old generation. Like mm-hmm. for example, we had a uh, Galleons on, which is the singers in Australia and the rest of the bands in Russia, and they just write songs and they don't even play together. But like yeah, yeah, but I mean that's totally possible now and lots of people are doing it and for sure there's like lots of projects of just random people from bands all over the world just yeah together i mean that reminds me of another tooth and mail band i don't know if you guys remember search the city oh yeah for sure yeah they were uh so our original a and r um guy jimmy ryan who was the original singer of haste the day oh um, yeah yeah. So he was our A and R, and I'm pretty sure Search the City was one of his first bands too. So that was another another great band with a uh, man. They they unfortunately I think fell off after that first record, but I think they ended up changing singers too. They couldn't get the original singer back. But uh, 
I discovered them. I think the same. I think their album came out the same year as your guys's, and you guys are. Both, I think it was like very close. Like, I remember, yeah, I remember finding both of you and being just absolutely obsessed. Uh, I think it was because of iTunes too. I think iTunes just recommended to me back in the day. And oh, was, that's cool. Wow, dude, these bands are awesome. Tooth and Nails killing it. I mean, <laughs> before that, it was pretty. All I listened to from Tooth and Nail was like Under Oath and like Amberlin. Mm-hmm. But um. Then your guys' band, and then I think Ivory Line. Or something. Ivory Line is another one. Yeah, we play. They okay. So Ivory Line. Funny thing about them is like They're classic. They were like, they were like the, I don't want to say com- the competition for us because that's like I don't want to put that out, out into the universe, but um, they were the band at the same time that had a, an album basically out at the same time that was also yeah. on Tooth and Nail. That was kind of the closest thing to us that we. Um, may or may not have um, compared numbers to weekly with album sales. Right. Um, but, like, they were super cool dudes, and, like, we played a couple of shows with them. Um, and, yeah, like, they, I think they kind of, I'm pretty sure someone was talking about their singer maybe just did a, a podcast with, like, the Tooth and Nail podcast. And I think, I think he kind of told, like, a similar s- story maybe to what we kind of went through. Um, I may be like false quoting, but James, the guy who's playing guitar with us right now, like brought it up of being like, man, like it's crazy listening to that podcast because it's very similar to kind of what you guys went through. I'm like, I'm not surprised at all. But yeah, yeah, I, I could I could sense a little bit of a rivalry on this, even being on, <laughs> but uh, just I mean, I think just being on like MySpace forums and like talking about it, like, yeah, have you listened to every, every line? I'm like, yeah, but I'm more secret and whisper. <laughs> we were we were like the we were like the Coke and Pepsi of Tooth and Nail. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's like the Edward and Jacob for that era. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Edward and Jacob of Tooth and Nail, two thousand and eight. <laughs> that was like, that's a that's a way I, better analogy. Let's go with that one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so to go back to search the city, uh, a fire so big the heavens can see it came out April first, two thousand eight. So that was basically a month and a bit after Great White Whale came out. So pretty yeah. close. Yeah, that was yeah, dude. That that was uh, two thousand eight was awesome. I loved. Uh, I picked up all those records. I was I was loving it. There was another band. Now now that we're on the tooth and nail band discussion. Um, there was a band that we played, we toured with because Jeff recorded them. It was on Solid State. That is a band that I feel like should have got more shine and didn't. Um, I need to look this up now that we're talking about this. Um, oh, My, God. I, oh, I'm going to have to think of it. Uh, but, yeah, incredible band. And they just got, like... You try that up. It was on Tooth and Nail. Or solid state. They're in solid state, yeah. Um, I'm gonna look up their band list. Let's see here. Former artist. Uh, I mean, As City's Burn was incredible. Um, oh, that's that was. Them, yeah. That's that's not them, but they are incredible. I'm just on their uh, disbanded. Let's see here. Agony's. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. We toured with them. I'm pretty sure we ruined that band. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Wow, this is driving me nuts. Dead Poetic, great band. Um, oh, Dead Poetic, awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I, I would love for them to come back, too, just, just oh, for fun. Sever <laughs> Ties, that's it. 
Oh, Seven Year Time. Okay, that's that's a band I never really got into, but I always remember hearing about. Oh, dude, go check out their record. It's called Safety in the Sea. Jeff recorded it, Jeff Schneewise. Oh, uh, nice. It was one of the first, like, bigger, uh, I don't know, bigger, but first tooth and nail projects, solid state projects he did. Um, but yeah, just in- incredible. And, like, listen when you're listening to it, just picture the singer who looked like Freddie Mercury. Just, just, just think about that. Like with like less aggressive front teeth, um, but like, yeah, they they were just the best. Um, but they're totally one of those bands that kind of got shelved a lot faster than they should have. Ah, oh, man, dude, it's always such a bummer when that happens too, especially if you have like a great record and you're like, dude, what happened? What happened? Yeah, I know. That was like the story of so many bands in that era. But what can you do, right? Yeah. You, 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 you wait, and then you wait for the resurgence, and then you come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally redeem Stronger, yourself. better than ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tis the season, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I, I guess so. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I really hope that um, we, like, I feel like that Fairness Fest is one of those things that really just kicked it off. Yes. Like, God yeah. bless Chad um, right. for getting that going. Um, because there are so many. This year, tell me you're playing this year, <laughs> man. If we could, that would be incredible. Like that's one of those things that for you guys, just reach out. I might, I might, I might have an email. I'll send it to you. Let's make this happen, I'm dude. Gonna... Honestly, I... like I don't know when it's supposed to happen, but um, uh, uh, applying to work for one of the uh, people who's putting on Furnace Fest. So maybe we'll see if I get hired. Maybe I'll do something for you. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I mean, honestly, yes. if it was later in the year, um, we we could like I don't I don't want to like commit to anything, but yeah, I mean, later in the year, fall time would be a, a more realistic chance um, <laughs> of us doing that because we want to. That's the one thing we're sticky about. We're like, man, we are not going to play a show until we are we are happy with right. it. Um, but yeah, Furnace Fest would be a cool one for sure. Oh, it'd be perfect. Hey, you know, if not this year, maybe next year. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, if I mean, we, it, we're kind of at peace with that too. Like, if we spend the next year <laughs> just kind of getting things back where they need to be, um, and then we can that affords us some opportunities for next year. Then, then great. I mean, <laughs> we've waited this long, so what's the rush? Yeah, there you go. Very true. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Do you think like everything's slowing down because the pandemic was kind of like the catalyst for this hap for like you guys too? Because it seemed like there was for like a lot of other bands. Um, yes. Um, I think. Uh, just one second. My wife called me. I'm just messaging her. <laughs> she can edit okay. that out. Um, yeah, I, I think. I'd, I'd say like it's probably like a, a part of it, like. Um, it's been really busy with like recording and stuff. Um, like I do a lot of session work for Jordan with his studio, um, just for bands and whatever else. So I think, um, through being very involved with music, um, and, uh, just like staying up on it, I think that has encouraged people to want to, uh, you know, like, revisit things or like what else can we do like and i mean uh the thing that really started this too is that like with jason moving back um because the timing wasn't right with saw stuff 
Um, we started that punk band in the arena. Um, so with me and Jay and the three guys from Cry the Afflicted. So we've been doing that for like a, basically a year now, and we have an EP like that's basically done. Um, we're just waiting on some some finishing stuff. Um, but that that's the thing that I feel like that really kickstarted us just getting in a room and playing together, and then us dicking around with playing saw songs at practice and. And then being like, oh, let's see if we could kind of, you know, let's get, you know, Charles and everyone else out. And then Charles had kind of finished like a crazy push for his work to get things set up. Um, and he's like, yeah, I got time now. And it's like, all right, let's do this. So that's all it really was. Um, it was just timing and, you know, the pandemic may have like, kind of like, you know, fed into that a little bit, but. It's, it's just so hard to say because everyone's like pandemic experience is just so different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so like some people like life, like for me and my, my job, like my life hasn't changed too much, but there's some people that have like stopped going into an office, only work from home. Don't really like leave their house that much, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's just, I think for some bands, it's really been an opportunity for them to kind of take a look and be like, well, uh, I got all this free time on my hands. Might as well do something. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Next time you'll be locked up again. Might as well make the most. I guess it's kind of what. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's funny. I like listen to a lot of like music podcasts and and just like drumming podcasts and and people. and, And that's honestly the sentiments of like, well. Uh, I got nothing to do, so I'm going to do this whatever, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to write this solo album, I'm going to do this video project, I'm going to start a podcast that I've always wanted to do, I'm going to whatever, so. That's, that's what I did, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because we made a pandemic podcast. But... Yeah, and I mean, you guys are stuck with it, though, so props to you, yeah. like. <laughs> Um, you guys have really uh, like kept things going, which is great. But I mean, I I, I feel like it's kind of like the ha- the happy byproduct out of a incredibly shitty situation um, okay. that people have like really just like taken a look at what makes them happy and invested in that. Yeah, well, I'm oh. sorry for kind of souring the mood right there. <laughs> I just kind of yeah. was so curious. But... Oh no, not at all, man. It's like I mean, we're all we're all in it, and I mean, yeah. I feel like there's a a bit thing. of a bit of a lay down the tunnel, but it's hard to say. Yeah, I think we're yeah. just there. Persevering, persevering. Yeah, uh, exactly. Do y'all, do Kyle or Tristan, do y'all have any more questions? Uh, uh, everything I had. Uh, mine, yeah, everything has been answered. This has just been such an awesome, such an awesome uh, conversation. I'm super grateful to be able to join in on this i think thank you guys for this opportunity and uh there's one last thing that we like to ask you for uh we let our guests leave and that's uh, what have you been <laughs> lately pardon me I, you kind of cut out a bit oh, i'm sorry uh there's the last question we usually ask our guests before they leave is what what have you been listening to lately Ooh. um let me let me pull up my phone and see I man, I got like I feel like everyone says like I listen to everything. Um, <laughs> I uh, I go through waves. So if I was gonna pull up Spotify right now, um, uh, the the new release from Animals as Leaders, I haven't listened to it yet, but the first two singles I've been jamming. Um, Great band. 
I have a playlist called Hits that when I hear a song on it, uh, hear a song that I like, um, I throw it on here. So this is what I, this isn't my last like ten songs are. Um, for sure by Future Islands, great song. Um, right. Strangers by Seven Lions. Um, uh, San Holo, uh, Metric, uh, Need to Know by Doja Cat. Great song. Um, <laughs> Good Days by SZA. Um, what else is on here? Trilogy by Silent Planet. Um, nice. Planet Garbage by Structures. That EP was great. I listened to that a lot when that came out. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's, it's incredible. Um, the Japanese House. Um, another band I've been listening to quite a bit. Um, I don't know, like, I try to mix in podcasts and stuff, like, this is a super, like, general, ambiguous answer, but, um, I'm a huge fan of Dave Elich, who's a drummer, like, instructor guy, um, who's just, like, has a very fresh approach to teaching drums, so I listen to a lot of his podcasts, because he, he has, he shares a lot of really insightful stuff about, not just, like, literal playing drums, but, like, the actual mental and physical approach to playing drums because it's such a physical instrument um he's like really dives into uh like ergonomically um how you should be thinking about approaching like playing drums everything from how you sit to the movement on your legs your like how you position your drum set to like uh to work with the body mechanics of how your arms lift when you turn like just like really nerdy shit um that i'm super (laughs) super into um but yeah the other big one that i have to like mention is this band called vola um and i've been super into their record it's just really interesting um so that would be a big one too all right um yeah i think that's it how about you guys i don't know if that's a uh, part of it but i'm interested to hear what you guys uh, listen to these I mean, days i guess we can do it um i can go really quickly because i've not been listening too much lately besides secret and whisper but uh in <laughs> angles <laughs> uh, dropped their new album cardinal which was very solid we had in angles on i guess a couple weeks ago and I guess Bad Omens because I saw the uh, the Under Rose Spirit Box Bad Omens concert last week. Oh yeah, I heard, I heard I heard a clip of their song and I was like super stoked on what they sound like. I had, I've just seen them a bunch, but never uh, never really heard too much of them. I need to check them out. Oh, that's weird. Uh, I was saying, yeah, I need to listen to more Bad Omens too because I like I like what I heard from their new stuff. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, a lot of people I follow on Twitter are always talking about them. I guess this is kind of like the first time I really like gave them. Which I mean, like, I've listened to them before, but it's like the first time I like really got into them was to get ready for that concert. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I did not see them because that concert was a mess. But bummer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. How was Under Oath? I have to ask. Like, oh, I've I- seen them a million times, but like, how are they now? Oh, they're great. I mean, I'm not super into like their new i mean like their new stuff's like fine but like, i obviously love like uh like reading like that album stuff but uh mm-hmm. no they're, they're great performers they're awesome yeah i agree i time. just saw that, uh furnace fest last uh fall and that was absolutely incredible that was actually my <sighs> first time seeing them 
and uh, they played a couple of the new songs off the record that just dropped. Uh, they played it live before it came out, and I was like, oh, shit, dude, this new record's going to fucking be awesome. Yeah. And sure enough, that new record does. I, I love the new record. I think I think it's it might be one of my favorites from them. I think it's just a lot of fun, and it's a really good balance of just everything they've they've done. Nice. Yeah, it's a solid record. Um, actually, I think that was the first time I saw them too, but I'm not totally sure. I feel like I probably like ran into them in like Warp Tour or something, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna first time, but. Yeah, they were, uh, it was a 2000, God, what year was that? I'm really old. 2005. Um, we played, in Starfly Days, we played Warp Tour for like half a summer, and Under Oath was on it. And I literally watched them play every single day. And they were just like the most incredible live band. And it was like peak, uh, they're only chasing safety, like mm-hmm. era. So yeah, it was just like man, they like you could tell that they were something special. Like it was just phenomenal. Yeah, they're great performers and they're great musicians. It's like I, I was, I mean, like I, I kind of expected that they were going to be good, but like I was kind of like blown away by like. Uh, That's how I discovered Stutterfly was off of uh, I think the 2004 or 2005 Warp Tour compilation CD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, this song rips. <laughs> oh, man, that song got in hand. <laughs> that song's um, been rewritten yeah. like four times, I'm pretty sure, in its lifetime. But Dude, I even have, I'm pretty sure I have the original record before. Um, oh, Broken in Pieces? Yeah, Broken in Pieces. I have it with the original Gun in Hand uh, version. Nice. The 37-minute um, version. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the I, I like some of, I like the original uh, versions before even before the uh, the other the newer album versions I liked I, I'm always a sucker for like kind of the first releases that you get to hear and I get like stuck on those I, mm-hmm. I always appreciate the re-recorded ones but I don't know, they're just really authentic about the first versions that I really enjoy Well, do you know what's funny about those? Because like in hindsight, we we talk about that song. Um, in Fire Whispers, especially how they just kind of got neutered on that record. Um, like I, I will be the first person to say that the original version of Fire Whispers is a million times better than the one that is on And We Are Blood of Color, because yeah. and 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 that was just another like uh, case of um us being young and impressionable and hanging off every word that our producer at the time was saying because he's the one that was suggesting like gun in hand needs to be all one tempo we're like okay sure yeah that sounds good um and like <laughs> and fire whispers is like, okay you need to you need to cut that pre-chorus part and, and and speed it up and and like in doing all those things like it really lost the soul of like a really emotional song um that kind of just like really hit um so i mean i get it when i like that's one of those cases when i hear people being like man i like the old versions better i'm like yeah dude i get it like like it's (laughs) they like for for what you're taking from the song the old versions were better like as much as like gun in hand i joke as being like a super long song with like a bunch of different tempo changes but it, it certainly evoked that emotion a little more um, especially without like the super high chorus and stuff. So, 
I will say Silent Scream, I think the uh, Blood of Color version, I think I like a little bit more than the uh, Broken in Pieces version. But mm-hmm. that's where I will say I, re- I really do like that version. That, that might even be one of my favorite songs on the, on the record. Yeah, that one was... Um... That one was definitely one that I feel like you could kind of get away with it being a little. Uh, the updates served it well. Yeah, um, that's that's one of those where it worked. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And like the the old one was fine, but it just those little tweaks were like, okay, cool, this is where it worked. And even like Flames Adorn the Silence, like the last song on it. It's funny. Oh. I, haven't, I haven't said that phrase in probably 15 <laughs> years, but. Um, <laughs> That, like, I feel like that version was kind of better, too. Um, it was yeah. a little more just, like, intense, but... It really was. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, it's... Holy shit, that record is just... Yeah, it's old, that's an oldie. It, it's a good one. <laughs> I, still, I still revisit it quite often. I There's just really nothing else like it, or like Stutterfly, honestly. Yeah, I think the fact that that band at that point was like had this weird identity crisis was kind of like kind of served it a bit because it was like at that point it's like okay we're not in a new metal band but we're not like a screamo band like they used but we're not like a band like Poison the Well at the time like so we're just kind of this like I don't know like a whatever rock band. Um, and I think the fact that, yeah, everything was just kind of all over the place kind of worked. Like You guys, uh, Hope's Fall was another band that I kind of... Hope's Fall, I remember them. Yeah, they were on Trustkill, weren't they? Yeah, they were a Trustkill band, and they are a band that just, they never really sounded like anything else, even though they had, like, little aspects of other stuff, but they mm-hmm. just... They just had their really their own sound and it just really worked. And that's why I actually really liked Stutterfly because I got into I think I got in both bands the same year. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this, I like whatever is going on in these bands. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool here. I definitely remember that band for sure. So, um, again, another name I haven't thought about in years, but they who also came back. I think they just played Furnace Fest last year as well. And like their first show in. Oh, that's. That's sick. There was another band that came back at Furthest Fest that I was like, oh my god. I think I don't know if it was Further Seems Forever or... Um, they did play. Further Seems Forever. The Beautiful is, Mistake was another. The Beautiful Mistake. Um, and I'm pretty sure Ace Troubleshooter announced that they're playing this year, which is insane to me. Because, yeah, this, yeah, this year they are, yeah. Because um, I remember as a kid like going to youth group and stuff and being like, oh, I love Ace Troubleshooter. Like... Oh, yeah. uh, and I and after I saw that I revisited that record I'm like oh my god this is still awesome fuck yeah that's yeah, yeah. So I feel like we could talk about this for hours but I'm sure yeah. you uh, I know I'm sure you probably want to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> well I know it's probably late for you Ryan I mean dude thank oh, god, you it's for... probably later for what what time no, are I, you guys in I'm in the central I think that's the latest for Bull Kyle where are you where are you at Oh, I'm in I'm in Los Angeles, so it's not. Oh, you're good. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. still for me, but it's like what? That's 11:15. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, it's nine. But uh, here. I guess if you want to stick around for like Tristan and Kyle's like recent listens, you can, or you can we can say goodbye to you right now if you want. It's up to you. Oh, dude, I'm I'm interested uh, to hear what you guys have to say about music. So I'm uh, right. I'm chilling. Sure. Well, I can go real quick. Um. 
see my recent listens uh so circus survive they dropped a new ep recently so i've been listening to that um i was listening to like a lot of scary kids scaring kids and drugs in preparation for like their show but drugs wasn't able to make it which was a bummer they got stuck in a snowstorm in wyoming oh Oh, no um so who's in that band still um, I'm not sure who the lineup is, but I know like Craig Owens back. Yeah, of course. Craig. I mean, well, it's Craig and one other dude. I don't know who the other. Dude yeah, is. what's his name? Um, so it used to be Adam from Story of the Year. Um, what? just a what? random lineup. His name's, there's one guy who's like been with him the whole time. His last name starts with a V. Uh, let's go look it up and see here. Yeah, Thank I'm you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Matt Good was in it. Um, from yeah, yeah, uh, that, from first to yeah, last. Yeah. So great. So current lineup, it looks like it's Craig Owens, Jonah oh, Weinhoffen. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who that is. Oh, that guy. He used to play in. Oh, Bring Me the Horizon. Wild. Oh wow. Um, I know that guy. Matt Good, <laughs> yeah. Martin. Uh, Adam Russell. That's who it was. Story of your basis. So random. Yeah, the basis. Yeah, he was in it. Well, yeah. Nah, so I was listening to them. And then Andreas and Makari, they're coming through next week, so I've been listening to a lot of them, too. Sick. So, in my recent lessons. That's a cool band. uh, I've been jamming. I've I've been finally (laughs) finding some new bands that I've really been enjoying. Um, First and Forever, I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but they've been kind of popping off, and they're kind of this emo-ish pop punk like kind of band that it 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 really brings me back to 2005 and in a good way and i really have been enjoying what they've been doing um so shout out to person forever yeah um the new thrice record has been incredible i've absolutely enjoyed that i need to listen to that i i'm an idiot and haven't spun it yet Oh, dude, you got it. Horizons East is incredible. I can't wait for. I'm pretty sure they're gonna drop a Horizons West. It's gonna be kind of like an Alchemy Index kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Horizons East is 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 it, you you'll enjoy it the more you listen to it. And live, it's incredible. Um, when I saw them a few months ago, it was so good. Awesome. Um, I just discovered this band. Speaking of new metal, they're called Profiler. They're from the UK. They're like got to be in their early early mid twenties or something like that. But uh. I just discovered them and they're like a modern day new metal band, but, but they literally, they, their recordings sound like it was made in like 1999, 2000. Like it's raw. Um, but like just in such a good way, like, I think, I think this band's going to pop off the way Loth did. Oh, I love Loth, man. So Loth is so good. That's one of my favorite bands that have come out recently for sure. And, yeah, Profiler. Um, shout out to them. I feel like they're going to... Profiler, gonna... that sounds really familiar. Maybe I have heard something. Uh, yeah, but... check out 93 by Profiler. Uh, that song kicks ass. Their other songs okay. are awesome. I, I'm starting to dive into the rest of their stuff, but um, I've just been stuck on on that song because it's just I, it's, it's just so fun. It's just such a kick-ass song. Okay, and they're called Profiler? Yeah, Profiler. Sick, okay. Man, just... Going back to that Loathe record, I feel like that Loathe record had songs that I wish the Deftones would have written, 
Oh, but just just didn't. Yeah. Like, oh, that record's so good. And the tones on that, oh my god, like, remember me and Jordan talking about low guitar tones for a long time, just about, like, how do, like, he went into this whole detailed thing about how they get them to sound that way, and I'm just like, it is, like, some of the gnarliest guitar tones I've heard in a long time. Dude, they're so good. The way the way they go from their like epic, heavy, gnarly stuff to just so melodic and droney and oh, kind dude. of you know like Deftones kind of done. I mean, it, they they also have like, some Chevelle moments too to me mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Um, but like, yeah, man, that band I, I I gotta see them live. I think they're coming to L.A. soon um, or Pomona. So I'm yes. super, like, I'll be for sure checking them. Yeah, aren't they on, are they on tour with Sleep Token? Are they touring with Sleep Token? I want to say yeah. yeah. They just put out that single, which I haven't listened to because I need to get it together. But um, yeah, Coat Co- Orange, uh, Loath, Vended, Dying Wish. That's in eight, for April through May. Sick. Yeah, and Code Orange is always fucking killer life. Dying Wish is a sick female-fronted, like, kind of metal band. I don't know Vended, though. That's a band I have to, like, kind of check out. But, yeah. Isn't yeah, Vended, isn't that Corey from Slipknot's Sons band? Oh, is that who that is? Okay. Yeah. All right, sick. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they're going to be in Pomona on 420. Uh, so, yeah, I gotta, I'll be for sure checking that show out. Nice. I'm jealous we don't get shit for shows like that up here, so... Oh man, I know. Can't. <laughs> I mean, I do. I feel you. Yeah, I grew up in Hawaii, where I got literally. Oh yeah, you got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw Blink One Eight Two once before they disbanded back in two thousand three. That was my first concert, and then like Incubus came out in, like two thousand seven with Three Eleven, and like that was that was it. I think those are the only two shows I ever saw growing up. Which is funny, because I feel like every band, if you ask them, like, hey, do you want to go play shows in Hawaii? They'd be like, yeah. Of oh, course. I did see Thrice in 2008, right when Alchemy Index, like, was, like, the full Alchemy Index came out. Oh, nice. That was probably incredible. So that was really cool. Yeah, they came out. That that was that was really awesome, because I never thought I would see them, like, live until I moved out of the state. But, um, yeah, that was really cool. Nice. Damn, that's a good rundown. I'm like, I got some stuff I need to check out. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. I'm, uh, dude, I, I, I'm all about. It. I could talk music and stuff all, all day. <laughs> Me too, man. It's honestly, it's, uh, it's nice chatting with like-minded music people just about this stuff because it's, uh, there's so much out there. Do you are you on uh, Instagram or, or like, like personally? Do you use social media? Yeah, I have Instagram. Um, my handle is Club Magic Drive, um, which is which is just a stupid nerdy name, but I'm sticking with it. So <laughs> I can dig it. I think um, all of them right now. Yeah, it's on. It's we have all of them listed on our page. Like I um I'm like really like ever since I've been a, a kid, I've been like super into Japan everything, and like super into cars and stuff. And um, so I have like a, a whole other life of like friends that are like really into racing and cars and like whatever like else and jdm stuff like the yeah cars and the supras and all that kind of stuff yeah i like built okay. i had like a honda s2000 that i built oh, that's for awesome. like a long time and did that and i've had everything from like evos and stis Ooh. and whatever else so yes. 
Um, we can talk, so, <laughs> talk about that too, but um, but anyway, I'll get, I'll get um, to the next time. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll we'll have a cars only podcast. Cars only. Um, but yeah, the the name came from um, like Japanese uh, car teams are like a big thing, and they all have really like just ridiculous names like Team Burst and like happy fun crew and like whatever else so well, there's one night and me and a bunch of my friends are sitting in uh, a garage just like spitballing just dumb names and like club magic drive was one of them like they just like came out of it um so yeah i just made that as my instagram handle years ago and then i stuck with it and even all the bands that i've been in and they've been like oh why don't you just like use your first and last name or like you know, have some like band related tag. And I'm like, no, nah, man, it's Club Magic Drive forever. Like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> Dude, like, w- whatever. <laughs> like, it's, if you want to change your name to be, like, I, I play in, I play in this project called uh, uh, Tidebringer with a bunch of other dudes that are like from same, like, from different bands that are around the area. And um, we have a bunch of other stuff that's like out, a couple videos and whatever else. And some of the guys like change their name to like so and so bringer or whatever else. And I'm like, man, right. I got, I gotta, I gotta stick with Club Magic Drive. That's just, that's just how I do it. Sentimental. <laughs> Honestly, the best people are the ones with like crazy account names. <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of them, but <laughs> I love it, man. Like, I love that. Like, um, my favorite thing is when I see people who are in music and love it, um, and they have a big part of it, but at the same time, they're always their own person at the end of the day. Um, because I think like, regardless of bands and fads and success and like whatever you want to tie to it, at the end of the day, you gotta, you know, be your own person and be happy with that. So like, I think it's just cool when you see, you know, people just doing their own thing and then everything else that comes with it is, is great. You know, like if they have bands that they're in or stuff that they're in, like that's just all piece of the puzzle of, of who they are. So yeah, to get more crazy. hobbies, the better, right? Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's music's a huge part in all of our lives, but it's not like the only thing. True that. Well, is so good talking to you, Ryan. I definitely, yeah, you guys as well. I'm going to check out your other projects for sure. Tidebringer. Sure. Charles. Yeah, if you guys Uh, love Charles's voice, you're gonna love Skateboard Dinosaur because it's basically just like if Secret and Whisperer and Depeche Mode and Smashing Pumpkins had a weird child together. Oh, dude, that sounds. (laughs) So if you if you're into any of that kind of stuff, then then you'll you'll like it. All right. Awesome. Definitely can check that out now after that description. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. It was great chatting with you guys, and we'll uh, hopefully next time we can get everyone on here, and you guys can um, ask your burning questions to to Charles and Jordan and Jay about everything else. And uh, Tristan, Kyle, y'all feel free to drop your uh, handles real quick in here if y'all want. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. If anyone wants to chat with music about uh, chat about music with me, (laughs) I'm sorry, I was. Uh, feel free to hit me up at uh, living underscore album underscore art. Um, that's where I bring album artwork to life, and uh, I nerd out about everything scene music. Um, so definitely feel free to follow me and uh, hit me up there. Yeah, you did a great, great. Um, <laughs> you did a great, great white whale. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that uh, you that made that cool like animated thing? Yeah, the animated uh, version of the cover. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. 
Okay, we're we're gonna have to have some conversations. <laughs> oh, dude, I'll gladly do with any animation promo video, Spotify canvas. All I can handle all of that kind of stuff for you. Sick, because I saw that and I was like, man, that is very cool. And we uh, we just have some things that we would like to do um, in like the future. Um, and we all love just visual stuff. And again, we've never had the ability to like make those things happen. So yeah, we'll definitely be definitely be hitting you up because that's awesome. Oh, dude, done deal. Yeah, I had fun working on that. I'm going to do Teenage Fantasy next. So I'm going to come up with something cool for that one as well. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kyle's on. Kyle got on this one because our Ryan saw the uh, Great White Whale animation and was like, he's got to come on. So, boy, <laughs> <laughs> man, shout out to Ryan, dude. Uh, Ryan's awesome. Love that. Yeah, Ryan. both Ryans are awesome. Both Ryans are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tristan, what about you? Uh, Swoley Mammoth. So with a zero. In Swoley. All right. Swoley Mammoth. Swoley Mammoth. How do I? Swoley Mammoth. All right. I think uh, we can do it. Unless anyone's got anything else to say. No, I think I'm just typing my IG stuff into our little chat here. So um, please yeah, make sure you I, guys I, message me. My... Oh, yeah, sure. shoot me a message so I can add all oh, of you yeah. guys. Um. Just because of the schedule, I think this is going to probably drop tomorrow, which is a very quick turnaround. But yeah, it's just because we got a lot of stuff coming up. We got to get this out of the way real quick. So sweet. I'll yeah. be promoting it. Yeah. Awesome. Let me shoot me a link or whatever when you guys are done. We'll make sure we oh, for uh, sure. get it out there. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Of course. Absolutely. You guys all have a great night. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Have a good night, everyone.